Hi, Michelle. Hi, Greta. Long time no speak about Formula One. It has been a minute. <laughs> it has been like what? It has been, it's, it's been a long minute, you know. We actually did record some episodes, but life happened and we're here. Yes. Um, some of those episodes you might you might eventually hear they might eventually see the light of day but we are going to just pretend like absolutely nothing happened and we're just gonna continue moving on with life (laughs) they'll be in the archives for now yeah it'll it'll be in the vault the the race week recap vault so quick introduction hi everyone i'm greta i'm michelle and we are Race Week Recap, a Formula One podcast. So, Michelle, what have you been up to? Well, part of the reason why we did not upload any episodes was because I was in Europe for the very first time. I uh, did a little hot girl Europe trip um, with my two friends who are guys. It's okay. They can be hot girls, too. Uh, we went to London and they went to Paris um did a ton of shopping uh did all the sightseeing caught a cold it wasn't covid (laughs) but that is also part of the reason why we have not been uploading episodes because i did not want to cough all over my 100 (laughs) dollar mic no that's perfectly acceptable and well on my end my excuse is that i started a new job so i've been adjusting But we are back and we are ready. So today we're actually going to talk about the Singapore and the Japanese GP all mixed into one spicy, spicy episode for you. But before we get talking about the both of the GPs, we have a couple things we need to address. Silly season is finally starting to wrap up. And... Michelle, I don't know how like in the loop you've been with Formula One because I know. Okay, so Michelle is very good at staying off social media when she has not seen a race. Like very, very good. <laughs> See, like I, I try, but at the same time, like it's really hard because sometimes like I just need to go on Instagram to like search something because I like try to like turn off like app notifications. I basically like cold turkey avoid twitter avoid instagram but you know what like sometimes i got spoilers and you know we share an f1 tv account so sometimes i log on and it's like the end of the gp and i'm like oh i feel like i know what happens here oh no i didn't know that happened um i honestly had no idea that 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 was (laughs) honestly like the engineers like we need to get on that. Like, we need to have, like, a, you know, pick up where you left off or start from the beginning button. Because they have that for, like, the live. Yeah. Or they need to do, like, um, like accounts, right? Like, on Netflix, where you have, like, your separate user accounts. Get to it. Oh, yeah. See, but then it would be too obvious that you can share an account and then people wouldn't subscribe. Also, I hate... This is just me airing out all of my grievances with F1 TV. I don't know why, like, I have to log in every single time. Like, it's so annoying. Oh, wait, you do? Yeah. Okay, so I'm not the only one. There's no, like, remember me button. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's really annoying. Yeah. And it's also, like, impossible to find videos. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the user interface is so awful on iphone it is like practically impossible to find videos or to find like what you're looking for like it really it's very simple just separate it by gp and put all the videos in order but they just don't do that no. <laughs> it drives me crazy like i feel like i have to look everywhere to find like the conferences and then like the pre-practice yeah it's a mess it's grim i am canceling my subscription as soon as abu dhabi is over and then we'll see about 2023 i'll reinstate it in 2023 yeah. <laughs> um so yeah i don't know how like how much you think you were keeping up while you were in europe but we officially have nick devries in Alf in sorry, in Alpha Tauri and Gasly moving to Alpine. Yeah. I feel like everyone saw Gasly going to Alpine for a mile away, 
but you know i was off the twitter sphere so when they announced nick devries to alfie i was like oh oh shit because i feel like i don't know i i saw i saw it around the river mill but i wasn't 100 percent sure about that mm-hmm I am very, very happy. We talked about this in our um, Taylor Swift X The Grid podcast episode. But after nine years, Gasly has finally broken his ties with toxic-ass Red Bull. With the scooter brawn of Formula One racing. No, like dead ass i'm so happy for him i really really hope he just kicks ass an alpine and shows horner like what he missed out on because i truly feel like gasly could be a better driver than Chaco. Ooh, fighting words yeah well you know if i ever end up making a tiktok at it 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 will definitely be pierre gasly to look what you made me do by taylor swift because guess what He's in his reputation era. I'm so happy for him. It is so, so, so good. Um, But okay, so I'm also really happy with Nick joining Alpha. Dude, honestly, shout out to Alex Albon's, what is it? It was pancreas? Appendicitis? His appendix. Shout out. Shout out to Alex Albon's respiratory failure. (laughs) Had to be put on a ventilator. Because that is how we got to see Nick do the race of his life that got him this seat it's amazing so happy for him i'm so happy that max put in a word for him did you hear about that um not really i know that like max kind of like you know gave him some words of encouragement before the race but uh i'm not sure yes so it was surfacing around in twitter that max actually like or I believe he said in an interview that, like, Max put in a good word for him and was like, yeah, you know, he would be a great part of the team, blah, blah, blah. He's a great driver. And I think that is absolutely adorable. That's so cute. I love it. I love that he's sticking up for his countrymen. Oh, so good. We're going to have a couple of Asian kings at AlphaTauri. Yes. It's it. <laughs> yes. And then Yuki finally was announced as continuing with AlphaTauri, which like, thank you, because I was literally stressing out. It was not looking pretty for me. Mm-hmm. Let's just hope they're faster next year. Oh, yeah. Fingers, fingers crossed. But... Having Gasly and Alpine, that just means that Daniel has confirmed that he will not be on the grid with us on 2023. And quote, I think it's now just trying to set up for 2024. See, is he actually not going to be on the grid? <laughs> I see, I can't even accept that until like the full lineup has been announced. Yeah, I mean, we still don't know who's going to fill the second car in Haas. And we still don't know who's going to fill the second car in Williams, right? Yeah. Those are the two that we're missing. Is K-Mac confirmed for Haas next year? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I'm certain that, like, it would be dumb for Williams to not reach out to Daniel or for, like, Haas to not reach out to Daniel. Yeah, But he might have just, like, turned them down. Um, in an interview Daniel did with F1, he w- he said that, like, he, quote, to be honest, the Gasly news I was aware of, I knew they had been talking to him for a while, and I knew they were very interested in Pierre. So I would say he was prepared. It was, like, no surprise, which, like, makes sense because, um, I don't know, before Alpine has been very um, open and honest about being interested in Pierre and seeing like potential in him. So it's it's no surprise. So I mean it makes sense because they're a fr- French F1 team. He's French, S1's French. Yeah. It's French on French on French. French on French on French. I'm really excited for that team though, honestly. Alpine is gonna be really, really cool next season. Um I'm really excited to see the interactions between Gasly and Esteban. It's gonna be interesting. I I can't wait for Tribe to Survive to play some dramatic music in the background while they talk about their rivalry. Oh, absolutely. Maybe we'll finally know, like, the real reason for the rivalry. (laughs) So um, I saw on Twitter that apparently Mr. Gasly took Esteban's girl once upon a time, and that's the reason for their rivalry. 
Pierre, Mr. Steeler Girl, Gasly. <laughs> and like apparently like so much came out about them when they were younger. Um apparently they lived like th- less than 3 miles away from each other or something like that. Mm. So it's really it's really sweet. They have like photos it's when they were sweet that they don't like each other anymore no it's sweet that they're like on the same team whether they want to or not i am shipping them <laughs> yuki oh yuki and pierre the breakup them singing um adele karaoke hello from the other side see once that video <laughs> went up i was like oh like they're gonna announce castly to alphine like it's literally coming like tomorrow and it did yeah I 100% like I, you could you could kind of tell Yuki kind of knew I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't um in the photos that um were released from uh from the moment Pierre was talking to the team and letting them know you see like Yuki standing behind him and Yuki just looks so proud and like pleased it's so sweet I really feel like they have a really sweet friendship I know and that's why I'm so sad <laughs> To see them, like, not be a driver pairing next year. Yeah, it's really sad. But it is okay because Gasly, in an interview Gasly did with F1, said he was trying to convince Yuki to move closer to him. Oh, that's so cute. That is adorable. It's so cute. They really, like, when when they first started driving together, it really seemed, it seemed like they were going to bump heads a little bit. Um, and maybe they weren't going to get along too well, but they ended up just being like the sweetest duo on the track. So I'm super like sad, but also really happy. Like I like Nick and Yuki and I like Gasly and Esteban. So we'll see how this plays out. (laughs) We'll see what's going to happen. Yeah. I wish, I wish Daniel would take a hoss seat. Damn it. That would actually be... A goaded pairing. Can you imagine uh, Danny Rick and Gunther Steiner? I li- and that's literally what I was going to say. Because I... Okay, like, yeah, Danny and Kevin, like, whatever. Whatever. But Danny and Gunther? Fucking iconic. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, are you ready to get into the Singapore GP? Yeah. This was a night race. I love a night race. Because I feel like some of, like, the first, like... F1 races I watch were like night races. They're just so cool. The lights, the whole vibe. It is sick. It's really, really cool. Especially when it's a night street race. It's giving Fast and Furious. It's giving Fast and Furious. It's giving Tokyo Drift. And I'm here for it. Have you watched the Fast and Furious movies? We, okay. Is that going to be, uh, once the season is, like, slowing down, are we going to watch Fast and Furious movies and review them? Oh, Race Week Recap will actually just turn into, like, Fast and Furious movie review podcast. That sounds amazing. No, we, we have been throwing out the idea of, like, watching Cars and just talking about it on the podcast. <laughs> no, like, several Which times. Which I think is hilarious. I really want to do that. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Oh, um, I don't know if you caught it, but um, it was like the post-race interview. They were interviewing Danny, and Danny goes, okay, I'll give you the race recap. And I was like, you're one word off. <laughs> Dude, if he ever, like, said that, then, like, that's our soundbite. That's going to be our new intro. Oh, absolutely. It'll just be Daniel saying, oh, I'll give you the race week recap. I would die. I would die. Oh, my God. Wait, but also, like, this is super tangential, but have you seen Top Gun Maverick? The new one? Yes. Oh, you watched it? Yeah. (laughs) I watched it on the plane. I just thought it was funny because, like, Lewis said he was almost in the movie, but then he couldn't because he had to, like, do actual, like, F1 shit. Wait, are you serious? Yeah, he was, like, almost in Top Gun, and he was, like, so sad that, like, he couldn't be in it because of, like, his schedule conflict. Wait, I did not know that. Him and Tom are, like, their besties, you know? Oh, my God. I had no idea. I watched Top Gun in 4D. Are you serious? Yeah. What was the fourth dimension? Um... Okay, well, the seats... It was, like, shaking you around in the theater. Yes. I've watched two movies in 4D. I have seen Top Gun in 4D, and I have seen the newest Fast and Furious movie in 4D. Oh, my God. They shake you... Which one's better? um, Movie-wise, Top Gun. Experience-wise, 
Fast and Furious. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, like, the seats shake around. They, like, splash water in your face. Um, there is smoke. There are smells. But... The most important part are the seats violently shaking. Like the first one we went to, um, I had boba and the straw like almost like punctured the back of my throat like several times. (laughs) That's hilarious. I highly, highly, highly recommend if anybody ever wants to go watch like uh, a movie in 4D, it has to be like an action movie Yeah, because it's like the best. I think the last thing I saw in 4D was like that old Shrek ride or like the Shrek like presentation at Universal Studios. Checks out, checks out, checks out. It is ingrained in my memory though. It's so good. I love Shrek. Shrek in Spanish is superior in my humble opinion. (laughs) I've never seen it in Spanish. Oh my God, it's so stupid. It's like the dumbest thing ever. It's amazing. Um, Okay, sorry. Back to Singapore GP. Iconic night race um this was the first race that max got a taste of what it's like to be on the other side max got a taste of what it's like to drive a ferrari car yes max got a tiny little little nugget of what it's like to be charles leclerc (laughs) because that man was about to be on fall and then you know he abandoned his lap for whatever reason right and then he was about to be on pole again. Then he didn't have enough fuel. The way they broke it to him when he was like, uh, Max, um, we're just going to need you like, to come back in. And he's like, why? Why am I abandoning this? Of course, he said a couple choice words, which hot take, not so hot take. Charles should react the way that Max reacted. What? Like incredulous, like mad. I feel like he does. Charles, but like, I feel like Charles just gets mad and screams and he blames a lot of it like on himself in situations like this. Mm. I need him to be like Max and get mad. Like Max gets mad and he is angry, boy. I need the same from Charles. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I I do see where you're coming from too because I feel like we also see this like a little bit with Carlos too because I feel like Carlos like he can talk back you know (laughs) when the engineers are like being stupid like he's like willing to like be able to like make that call for himself and be like hey like this is stupid stop inventing yes whereas I feel like Charles like I don't know we just don't see that maybe it happens but we just we just don't see it so I mean like I don't know if it's just me but very little radios have been showing up on my international feed of the like form of F1 TV. Um, I think I need to start <laughs> listening to the like the live radios on the actual like web browser. This episode is becoming like us ranting about just our laundry list of like F1 TV issues. Yeah, but I also have like this issue. Like I always listen to the international feed because I like Crafty. Me too. Um, but then uh, who who is this man? Karun Chandog. Mm-hmm. Like, he is always doing, like, this, like, play-by-play, like, breakdown commentary. And you can never see what he's talking about. <laughs> and I'm like, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they'll have him, like, doing this, like, this super detailed, like, breakdown commentary. And then it's just, like, random, random scenes. It's really funny. And uh, <laughs> I just have to, like, skip forward or, like, bear with it. Yeah. Anyway... What else? What else happened in qualifying? Charles took pole, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> He's taken pole so many times this season. I was on the Wikipedia page. I was like, how many races has this man won? Honestly, like his pole to win conversion ratio, it's abysmal. It's so sad. Um, I believe the Singapore GP was the one where um, they uh, they got that video of them telling Carlos. This is like the first time that both Ferraris have been on the podium since Miami. And he looks like he just spaces out. Oh. Like his life flashed before his eyes. <laughs> he's, he's trying to figure out where it all went wrong. It's so sad. Like, it's so sad. Oh. It is grim. Yeah. But the race, oddly enough, wrapped up pretty quickly. See, that's a thing where I was actually, I was so bored for like the first 30 minutes of the race. (laughs) 
I just feel like, you know what? Like, it just wasn't delivering what I thought was going to deliver. But then, like, 30 minutes in, like, all of, like, the shit hit the fan. I honestly don't remember, so please remind me. There was just, there were so many, like, safety cars. Like, so many people were, like, about to not finish this race, like, at all. I feel like, didn't only, like, 12 people finish or something like that? Wait, yes, I think you're right. I think this is the one where, like, people were spinning out in, like, full circles. No, people were just dropping off, like, flies. So bad. But, I mean, okay, so this, I do have to say that the Singapore GP was the comeback of Checo. Oh, yeah. He said, I'm not done. Wait, actually, though, correction, 14 people finished. George Russell oh, yes. <laughs> was the last one. Um, but we can talk yeah. about that later. Um, yeah, Checo, Checo was a little bit on fire. He overtook at, like, the very beginning, and then he said, all right, it's done. Which, like, even on our podcast, there has been a lot of discord about Checo losing it, you know? And, like, the downfall of Checo Perez. At the beginning, he looked like he was a contender for the world champion. um, But then he kind of, like, lost, like, dropped off a bit. And, yeah, there was a whole lot of that kind of, like, what happened? What happened to Checo? Is he washed out? Did he lose it? Whatever. There was a lot of that discourse going on. And did you catch what he said on his post-race interview? No. Okay. This man, and like, honestly, rightfully so, he pretty much says, I don't have the exact words in front of me, but to paraphrase him, tabloids and like Formula One news, whatever, um, people have been talking about like me doing bad throughout like the season and like falling out. But like if I was anything else besides Mexican, nobody would say anything. And like, honestly... We have said this before, like, Checo is actually not doing that bad. Like, clearly, there are other drivers who are doing much, much, much worse. But for some reason, this spotlight has definitely been, like, shown, like, put on him. And it's been, like, it's it's been discussed, you know? He's watched up. Having him join Red Bull was, like, the worst mistake, blah, blah, blah. He should lose his seat next year, and so on and so forth. So he just seems like he's tired of it. He's tired of people talking. He's tired of people saying he should lose his seat, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, listen, if it was anybody else, I doubt you guys would be talking this much shit. And like, good for him. Interesting. Good for him. Good for Jago. He's the second in the world championship, so. Exactly. So, like, he's Can't not even doing that bad. He's not washed <laughs> up. It's like Botas, you know? It's Botas and Lewis. Like, it's... <sighs> anyways uh i was like okay i get it Checo. i will shut up now um i will stop talking shit sorry this is my official apology to Checo perez i'm sorry <laughs> this is my official apology to Checo perez but if he cheats on his wife again i will talk shit again <laughs> there i said it finally <laughs> i have edited my opinions in regards to Checo perez cheating on his wife <laughs> for so many podcast episodes but not today baby we're keeping this in the episode michelle (laughs) that's hilarious this is because like you know always punch up so now that he's up again i can talk shit again (laughs) exactly (laughs) but okay besides for absolutely smashing it killing it he okay truth be told he is so iconic in um Street race circuits so iconic in the rain. Literally, the Ministry of Defense showed what he can do. Very impressive. Yeah, I'm excited. I feel like this is definitely going to be on Netflix. I mean, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a lot going on in this race. Okay, so this race was also the race where Max was the little engine that could. <laughs> Isn't he like that every race? I mean, yes, but this race he couldn't, you know? <laughs> Oh, like he he was the little engine that couldn't. Yeah, like I felt like he. I mean, he started off shit because he didn't have enough um fuel, and then like something happened. Didn't he like spin out or something? And then it had to go back in. I feel like he kept on dropping and then coming back and dropping and coming back and dropping, and coming back. And the entire time he was like, "I think I can. I think I can." 
<laughs> oh yeah, no, he had like this major lockup, I think, and then like he had to do an extra pit. Yeah, and obviously like that just fucked him over. Like, yeah, that extra pit really like messed him up. So this was like really not his race. Um, but coming in, everybody was so just like, is this is this the day? Is this the race where Max becomes champion? No, it's not. <laughs> Yeah, because according to the back of the envelope calculations, like he could have become world driver champion um, this race. Yeah, it was like the math loopholes that we were all kind of going through calculating whether he was going to be champion or not was just absolutely insane. Like, I just know that the F1, like um, the production crew had had his um like little championship logo display visuals on cue just waiting for the fia to say the word oh 100 percent. oh my gosh they come ready oh yeah oh yeah especially when it comes to max golden boy uh okay so is that everything we have for singapore no it's not mclaren had such a good race <laughs> okay yeah McLaren had an absolute amazing race. I was so happy for Daniel. Yeah, Mr. P5. His first his first P5, like his first time being in the top five. I was a little bit sad, but you know, it'd be like that when you're driving a shitbox. <laughs> now we're celebrating P5. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, we're celebrating. Yes, we're celebrating. Listen, Daniel can breathe and I will celebrate, all right? Facts. I'm really sad about this man. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, and then we did have like the radio of the day from George. The radio of the year. If this doesn't show up <laughs> on Drive 65, I feel like this won't make it yeah. um, because it's not really like relevant to any plot lines. I just think it's fucking hilarious. From Mr. George Russell, Schumacher's driving like it's the race of his life. Crikey. And like... Uh, I just think that was so funny. And like, yes, George, some of us don't have confirmed seats next season, all right? Some of us do not have secure employment. We have to drive like this, okay? God, George is... Okay, this race and the next race, which we're going to talk about in like freaking two minutes... I'm getting sick and tired of George Russell. You can't stand a shit anymore. I cannot take a shit. At first, I was like, ha, 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 Mr. Consistency, blah, 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 blah. As soon as he is no longer Mr. Consistency, this man refuses to take the blame for his actions, and I'm sick of it. Oh, okay. We're going to hear about that in a second. But... I just want to say I also found it absolutely hilarious the fastest lap situation. So did you did you know about this rule? No, please share. Basically, like if you get the fastest lap in the race, then you get like an extra point, right? Yes. Except like you have to finish in the points. You have to finish in the top ten to be able to get the fastest lap point. I didn't know that. And so if someone outside of the top ten places gets the fastest lap, then Nobody gets the fastest lap point. That's petty. And, like, George was literally running in the last, like, this entire race. Like, this entire race. Like, this man was in the back. And then you know what he did? He pitted for, like, new tires to take away the fastest lap from Checo. Yeah. (laughs) He said, if I can't have it, you can't have it either. I thought that was so funny. It's so funny. Oh, Singapore. It was pouring rain and they literally used george as like the guinea pig for the new tires yeah no it didn't work it was amazing the guinea pig died it was so funny to me how they were like okay we're gonna switch now (laughs) we're gonna have george try it out and it was horrible (laughs) that's why he stayed in last the whole time yeah but i was like okay that's that's a good strategy maybe we'll know once he starts getting like a good good lap time then we'll everybody else was kind of like started to switch too so yeah all right are we ready to move on to the japanese gp you mean the yuki sonoda gp absolutely the yuki sonoda gp um absolutely great i am obsessed with the japanese formula one fans they were they're so iconic like with the hats and the signs and the vibe. Yes, the hats, the signs, the costumes, the full-on, like, 
racing suits. Just so amazing. I loved seeing all of the little kids at the event. Like, it was so much fun. I wanted to be there. I mean, it was a blast. A blast of, like, torrential rain the entire time. Oh, that was absolutely crazy. The rivers that were forming on the track were insane. I was like, damn, it's like this every year? And I guess it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So. It's like, okay. I guess they don't have any problem with this. Like. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. So this is so this was Yuki's first time doing a um Japanese track in Formula 1. So like a big deal for him to be there. I loved how many Yuki Tsunoda fans there were. Um it was absolutely great. Second point, there has been four other, I believe, four other world champions defined like cemented in a Japanese track in a Japanese GP so it's kind of like a big deal everybody was like okay realistically this is a big race for Max um not just because so many other like championships have been like defined established whatever in Japan but also because it's Honda and it would be amazing for Honda to win the world championship with Max on home ground so there was like a lot of pressure and a lot of like hype and build up to this race it's like max verstappen's like fifth home gp or something like that literally this man mr worldwide (laughs) mr 365 all right (laughs) so (laughs) this race started and then like paused (laughs) very quickly Oh, yeah. This first lap madness. So much happened on this first lap. Okay, let's set the scene. As a lot of you probably know, Michelle and I are in the West Coast of the United States. It's a great time over here. This was like the one of the first GPs that actually was... I'm a night owl. So this is one of the first GPs that I was like, okay, I can like realistically be awake from this. Coverage started at like 10 and then race started at, at 11. I was 100% down set to watch this whole thing from start to finish. It was going to be great. I was over at my friend's house, Michelle, when I was watching this race. No way. Uh, they were watching Hocus Pocus, the new Hocus Pocus movie. And... I was like a little hermit, like phone my phone out, watching the race with headphones on. And then after the first slap, I was just sitting there waiting. That was so sad. It was so sad. The rest of the group chat fell asleep. They were over it. And then it was just me sitting there waiting. I didn't go to sleep until like two o'clock, like after the post-race coverage ended. Anyway, if you listen to this podcast and you're not a Formula One fan, this is clearly a walking advertisement for how you should not become a formula one fan (laughs) i was dedicated to the bit i was like i started it i'm gonna finish it so dumb but okay so first race pouring rain we had a formation lap i believe and like you you know how they show um the cameras like the helmet cams Mm -hmm. you couldn't see anything yeah the cameras are so scary because you the only thing you can see is like the like blinking lights from like the cars yeah. like ahead. Mm-hmm. Actually, to be honest, I don't even know what those lights are for. I just know it's not brake lights. It's like something else. Yeah, yeah. You could only see those lights and just like it looked like almost like fog. Yeah, absolutely nothing else. It was ridiculous. Obviously, like it's better from the driver's point of view, but still, like visibility was so poor. And yeah, I had drivers like on the radio, like. You know, before, like, during and after, like, the red flag situation saying, you know, like, grip is fine. Like, it, it's manageable, but visibility can't see 10 feet in front of front of myself. Like, that's horrible. Yeah, it was, it, it was really upsetting. Um, so besides for that, sorry, quick side note. There was also, there was a lot of hype going into this race, just in general, even with, um, Seb, this being his last Japanese race, um, he's really passionate about this track. Yeah, I actually, like, I didn't know, like, people love Suzuka so much. Yeah. It's like a fan favorite circuit with, like, Monza. Yeah, and, like, I totally get it. It's the only track that has, like, that's shaped like a number eight. 
Yeah. And has that um, clockwise and counterclockwise turns, which is, like, really, really cool. But (laughs) Vettel loves this track so much, he took (laughs) that green garbage can... (laughs) He took that car- that green garbage can all the way up to Q3. Legendary behavior. <laughs> what can I say? Vettel was like, no, I'm going to take my time with this one. I refuse to go down Q1, Q2. I want more time with her. He said there's still a race to win. What a legend. Oh, my God. I So, I again, I don't know if you saw, but he came out with that headband. Oh, yeah. I, I think I saw that. Yeah. Okay, so apparently the when he was racing for Red Bull and he ended up winning at another Japanese track and like he was crowned a world champion in a Japanese track, he had worn like a very similar headband, if not the same headband. And it pretty much translated into like number one or something like that. And the fact that he wore it again. <laughs> yeah, I, I love to see Seb doing well. I feel like Seb was one of like the first drivers that I really liked when I first got into Formula One, and obviously he's had you know not the greatest season, and obviously retiring uh, this year. So it was just really nice to see him like doing well and like just being you know super happy about like his performance. Yeah, it was very very sweet. But sorry, okay, tangent over. Back to the first lap of the race. Yeah. So Alex Albon. He no, he had like a engine issue. I think probably like his car got fucking waterlogged or something. Like it was, it was really raining. Don't talk shit about the Williams like that. <laughs> waterlogged. <laughs> Have they tried putting it in rice? Like, <laughs> come on. Oh <laughs> anyway, um, Carlos, you know he aquaplaned, right? Yeah, he hydroplaned, and then he massively spun it was actually pretty scary like yeah i i wanted to talk about this uh why is it that when carlos Sainz gets in an accident no one bats an eye what do you mean i feel like when Sainz gets in a car accident everyone is just kind of like and Sainz got an accident and we continue and like it's not like his accident was like and like it's not like he just like spun off like he hit that barrier fucking hard yeah how are we like like if latifi gets in an accident all right i get it he it's it's often but like goddamn, i feel like nobody if if, if it was like carlos carlos sign spins out hydroplanes fucking rams into the barrier everyone's like mm, okay well i mean he was okay i mean yeah he was i mean yeah but like i mean it might just be like the Twitter sphere, but like mm. everybody was just kind of like, do do do, we shall continue. And I'm just like, why is no one talking about this? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I-, I see where you're coming from, but at the same time, it could have been overshadowed by the fact that when he crashed, a giant chunk of the advertising board fell on the track and then Pierre Gasly hit it and then it was just like stuck on the front of his car until he could get back to the pit like that was crazy so fucking scary no that was so scary i'm just like what am i seeing right now like look at his car like the car is literally covered in like this advertising board i'm like how is this man able to see no yeah and he was upset and like rightfully so but it wasn't really about the advertising board though right it was mainly about like the fact that there was, like, this tractor, like, on the track because he was already, like, really far behind, like, at that point. Mm-hmm. And, like, a tractor was, like, coming to, like, clean up, like, the debris or, like, the car or whatever. Yeah. So it's- and it was just, like, a major safety issue. It's just one of those things where, like, they should know better by now. Like, they should have, like, better regulations. So, I mean, basically, like, Jules Bianchi died during the 2014 Japanese GP which was also at Suzuka. I think it was also, like, in wet conditions, right? Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, Horrible crash. And I think after that, that's when they, like, the FIA, like, had more, like, regulations. They, like, introduced the halo after that. Um, They introduced, like, the virtual safety car. Um, But still, like, we have, like, these major safety incidents. And then we can see, like, all, pretty much, like, all the drivers got, like, really... Um, 
upset about like what happened like George Russell Sebastian Vettel like it's just really unsafe yeah so um for those who don't know um the Jules accident involved a tractor I have actually never seen like a video of his accident because I feel like that's a little bit disrespectful to watch like um I just don't feel like I need to like I know what happened so I just leave it at that um but um it involved a tractor on um the track so that is why Gasly was so upset and like rightfully so it was just, I feel like it was just very triggering to him. And like, I absolutely get it. It was also very triggering to Charles. Did you catch his radio? No. On the radio, Charles sees the tractor. And in like, he's not upset. He's just like disappointed. He has like a very like somber voice. And he's like, what is the tractor doing? Like, that's what, what the fuck? Mm. What, why is there like a tractor on the track right now when people were still racing it was disrespectful to ghastly and very disrespectful to charles and of course to jules's family um because this is like this exact same situation is what resulted in his death therefore fia get your shit together and stop putting these fucking boys in danger yeah, and in a way, like, also not really taking proper responsibility for it, like, because, like, in the statement that they put out, like, during the time when the race was red flagged, they were basically saying, like, oh, Gasly was, like, driving way too fast. Mm-hmm. That wasn't safe. And it's like, mm, is that is that really the whole picture here? Like, yeah, no, they literally gave him a penalty for it, didn't they? Oh, Yeah. It says here he got a 20-second time penalty for speeding under red flag conditions. It's, like, ridiculous. Like, the FIA is like, could not be me, was not me, turns a blind eye. Me and all my homies hate the FIA. Oh, after that, that god-awful moment, <laughs> we didn't have a race. Yeah, it was red flag for so long, and I was watching on a replay, so I was, like, clicking through just, like, all of, like, the commentary. You know, after, like, 30 minutes, like, it just gets to a point where, like, they've replayed every single thing they can replay. And I I just started doing my nails, because I was like, what what am I going to do? Yeah. But you know what? It was it was worth it. It was worth not skipping through because every single time that they cut to Yuki and he was just like the happiest, like most smiley boy ever, like that made my day. Yuki Sonoda driver of the day just just for being a cutie. So, <laughs> yeah, it was really sweet. Um, he just looked so happy to be home. His sister and his dad were there. It was just a great time. Like. <laughs> When they asked him, what is the first thing you do when you get to the pa- Japan? He said, use the bathroom, like use the toilet because they're nice and warm and clean. <laughs> he said, and then go get food anywhere. Like he was just excited to be there, happy to be there. So he made that worthwhile. But unlike you, Michelle, I was watching the whole thing live. <laughs> See, that's your downfall. Oh my God. This is what I get for trying to be like proactive and watch a Formula One race at the time it's actually showing. Um, it was ridiculous. During that time when we were still waiting to see what was going to happen, it stressed me out that the clock kept on going. So I knew that like eventually we were going to have a race. I felt bad for the Japanese. Um, I was like, when are they going to get their tickets refunded? Because if we only get one lap, that was my okay that was my biggest concern i was like are we gonna get one lap and is that gonna establish who the world champion is because that is going to literally piss me off so much see but they have like all these like regulations right where yeah basically um there has to be a minimum of two laps not interrupted by any kind of safety car in order for there to be any points awarded for the gp and so before the race was flagged like there was two laps and i think there was a safety car like situation um in both of those laps Mm -hmm. so at that point like there would be like zero points rewarded and then afterwards it's like where 
gets kind of sticky. They have like this partial points situation going on. Mm -hmm. But so I was just like, is it going to come down to this? Is it going to be one of those situations where we only get one to two laps and then they like call it quits? Like are the Japanese fans going to get their money back for these stupid tickets? Everybody was sitting in the rain. People looked happy, but like, come on, be real. Like this was not like... (laughs) This was not what everybody was hoping to see, you know? Um, During that time, I sat my friends down and we had finished watching Hocus Pocus by this time. And the girls were kind of like, they were a little bit wine tipsy. Um, I did. I don't drink. So they were a little bit wine tipsy. And I was like, you know what? Let me let me do this real quick. I put on a couple F1 videos. I made them watch a couple F1 videos on YouTube. Um, The first video I made them watch was uh joe's crash in silverstone i believe oh my god i made them watch that because that's what you start with i was yeah it was a big thing to, yeah i wanted something that was gonna grab their attention because i had been talking about it like um Gato was like oh like do they crash like are there accidents i was like yeah of course there are accidents like they're driving at insanely fast speeds blah 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 um watch this video he comes out like alive and he's totally fine and then that led me to explaining what the halo was and why it's so important and then after that video, they watched my favorite video of all time, which is the Red Bull pulling like the 22 minute miracle where like it was in 2019. I think I've talked about this before. Max crashes 22 minutes before the race. They fix the car on the grid. Fucking iconic. So yeah, I made them watch those videos and they were just looking at me like, I'm freaking crazy for like <laughs> being so into the sport. And I was explaining like random things to them about it. Um, and then the next morning, Carol texts the group chat and she's like, I literally had dreams about your cars, Greta. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I like this F1 primer that you just gave. Oh, yeah, of course. I had to like, I was like crash course on F1. And then um, I, I wish I would have shown them photos of the drivers and be like, please rate them from one to 10 because that would have been hilarious to do. No, yeah. I feel like my approach would have just been like fan cams of Charles. <laughs> Honestly, that's and the Lewis. approach. That's what I'm going to go with next time. <laughs> we'll see if it sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see if, if I can get them through that angle. But yeah, so that's what I did during my like, how long was it? 45 minute wait time? Yeah, about. Honestly, I think it was longer. Because like the regulation is that like the race has to be like completed within like two hours of like non-red flag time. But yeah. um, from the time that like the race like starts like it has to be completed within like a three hour time frame including any Mm -hmm. like red flags and so Mm -hmm. after like an hour it starts like ticking down and then like whatever time is left is left and if you can't finish like however many laps then like not full points will be awarded Mm -hmm. yeah so um that was like an absolute bummer just seeing the clock go down and knowing that this was going to be a very important very definitive race was just really upsetting yeah i mean i was watching like after the fact so i was like am i am i just watching three hours of like a red flag feed like yeah i honestly didn't think they were gonna get started again but they eventually did yeah i think they got like just over halfway through yeah yeah, yeah. they got mm, yeah they got a couple laps in um and once again max verstappen is declared world champion under some suspicious circumstances <laughs> I read, like, an article about this, like, after the fact, because I was, like, super confused. I feel like they did not do a good job of explaining it on air whatsoever. Um, I mean, Max was super confused. I feel like he had to be told, like, multiple times because he, like, didn't believe it either. I don't think anybody knew what was going on. (laughs) No, it was just, like, running with it, basically. I think they kind of, like, reroute the rules, but they they didn't write it, like, the way it was, like, intended to. It's, like, you know, like, the Aladdin genie, right? Like, you you make a wish, but it's, like, you don't actually get what you want. You get exactly what you said. And it's, like, the rules say that, like, oh, if you red flag the race, but then if you start it again, then some for some reason like whatever reason like you still get full points so even though they barely made it like halfway through the race like they still got full points which is so like (laughs) stupid but 
I mean, the cherry on top, um, and why in our notes I have Cheka winning Max's championship for the second time in a row is because technically Max would not have won if Cheko didn't win second. Right, because then he would have only been like seven points ahead of Charles. Exactly. And he, he needed like that fastest lap point. Exactly. In order to win if Charles was like in second place. In second and he was in first because there needed to be like an eight point gap. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think. Yep, yep, yep. So, oh my god, that like fight between Charles and Checo. Charles was literally driving to survive. <laughs> he was fighting for his life out there. I was actually pretty nervous. I was like, oh my god, is he gonna do it or is he not? And then you know what? You know, he, he kind of fumbled at the end. Charles is the unluckiest driver on this grid (laughs) and no one can tell me otherwise like this man needs we need to rub sage on him we need to bless him with palo santo we need to rub an egg on him because someone has cursed this man it is ridiculous it's just bad bad energy so we're talking about like, literally, the race is seconds from ending. Seconds from ending. I want to say it's, like, the last fucking turn. And Charles spins out off track limits. And this results in Charles getting a five-point penalty. So even though he finished second, Checo technically wins second place. He basically, like, he went off the track. And then he got the penalty for, like, going off track and, like, gaining an advantage. Mm-hmm. Because Checo was, like, about to make a move. I feel like he could mm-hmm. have overtaken at that mm-hmm. point but when charles came back like he was like still ahead and so he got the five second time penalty and like we didn't even know about this until they had already basically conducted max's like post-race interview yeah. so like the first time around it was like hey you won the race cool and then they like pulled Seko in and they were like hmm so actually because Charles got the five second time penalty. Max, come over, come, come back again, because you're your world driver champion. He was like, "What?" It was that's crazy. It was ridiculous. And then the photo of Charles giving that interview with the Max Championship banner behind him. I can't. It was so bad. And then okay, all of this led to the most awkward cool down room on the face of the earth yeah did you did you, did you see that yeah of course i watched the cool down room okay so for those who did not watch the cool down room i guess i didn't know this michelle i don't know if you know this but they have like a separate cool down room for like the champion to sit in by himself <laughs> i was like what is the secret door it's like a literal like throne and it just says like world champion. It was like one, the corniest thing in the entire world. Second, like, <laughs> is this room just prepared every single like towards the end of the races? Like, I guess so. End of the championship. They're like, oh, we need to have this room ready. You never know when it's going to be decided. It's so funny. And so then, okay, we get the shot of um, uh, like somebody telling max like hey you know you're champion now go into this like separate room and max is like are you sure because everybody keeps on telling me like different things and then they're like no 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 like go into the room and he sits in the chair and then he goes he's just sitting there for like a couple seconds and he's like okay i'm lonely and then he walks out yeah because i mean what the (laughs) what else was he gonna do just sit there and like watch the footage of himself like it's so awkward and like it's so goofy and honestly we all know what max wanted to do max wanted to find his emotional support ferrari driver and mansplain so let the man do it (laughs) see that's the thing though where like if this happened last year like it would be like such a mess (laughs) because like this whole like situation where they got full points for a race which was like barely halfway completed yeah is like so just like out there and like it just comes across like so like stupid because like somebody like didn't write the rules correctly um like we have a situation but it is just like so obvious like no matter like what happened from now till the end of the season like max was always gonna win the championship yeah. nobody gives a no shit. like let's get into conspiracy corner with Greta real quick <clears throat> conspiracy corner i'm 100 percent sure max was going to win this championship hands down he was going to win from which point like just in general like he was just going to win this championship this was in 
this was his moment. I'm sorry. There was no way that after the holiday break, summer break, there's no way that Ferrari was going to win every single race. I know Mattia Bonotto was like, yeah, I mean, it's likely that we can win all out. Get, get, be FFR, be fucking for real. Mattia Bonotto, it was not going to happen, okay? <laughs> so, yes, Max was going to win, hands down. He has literally been in a whole other category. He's just killing it. But it's very, like, sussy. Okay. Again, let me remind you all that him being in Japan with Honda, all a really big fucking deal. It pisses me off that Charles did not get to talk to the stewards the same way that I believe it was George got to talk to the stewards last week or in Singapore. About his penalty? Yeah. But at the same time, I also get it because that moment of Charles going off the track literally that moment is what defined a max as being the world champion so the fia whoever was making these decisions was like okay we need to make a call right now we either have um charles come in and talk to us and then we delay announcing Max as a world champion until what? After the fucking race is over? After they've done the podium? Or we make this call now and announce it now? And I feel like there was also pressure to announce it now because of Red Bull and because of Suzuka and because of Honda and making a big show of it. And because of TV. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like if this was any other race earlier in the season... Charles would have talked to the stewards. They would have, like, figured something out. Maybe there would have been a penalty. Maybe there wouldn't have been a penalty. Who knows? But I feel like there would have been... We would have known the results a couple hours after, you know? Which we have seen before. Yeah. Honestly, that's such a good point. Like, we have seen quality results not come out until after. We have seen point results not come out until after. Because... They're still trying to figure out talking to stewards, still trying to figure out uh, points, how they how they were going to be split up, whatever. But there was so much like hype and pressure on this race. This is how it played out. Yeah. So. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like it is what it is. Like he was going to be world champion regardless. So yeah. who cares? Yeah. So, I mean, this led <laughs> to the most like awkward podium ceremony with the entire time the camera was just on Kelly <laughs> PK. Oh yeah, she came prepared though. She was in her Chanel coat. She she got her Chanel bag. Like she came ready. It was so funny. The entire time, like kept, they kept on like shooting away from Max into Kelly, Max into Kelly, and I was like, we get it. <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah, and then uh, another thing that happened during the podium, Charlotte posted. A photo of Leclerc and it was like P2 and then like a minute later she posted another photo with P3 and like a little star oh my god <laughs> that's so funny I was like this is awkward for everybody involved nobody knew what the hell was going on and then like I feel like a day later we got the photos of um Max with the championship hat and like with the team and everything so I don't know I feel like it wasn't the celebration he deserved you know he deserved to know, like, once, once he, like, crossed the line or... Yeah, and, like, clearer. No, you know what, like, this moment reminds me of? It's, like, the 2018 Oscars, right? When La La Land, like, won Best Picture. But it was, like, oh, wait, like, Moonlight, you guys come up, like, you guys won Best Picture. Yeah, that's literally... <laughs> that's exactly how it felt. Yep. It was just, like, are you serious? Yep, that is literally how it felt. Like, good for Max. He deserved it. I wish it would have. They would have done a better job at executing, but at the same time, I kind of understand why they did it the way they did it. Whatever. Anyway, who cares about Max Verstappen when you have <laughs> Nicholas Latifi scoring two points and moving up into twentieth place in a twenty driver grid for the World Driver Championship? Let's talk about that. Honestly, very happy for him. Maybe he deserves a seat back in Williams. <laughs> he was like, let me show you. And then Latifi Nation. And then Mick was leading a race for all of like 15 seconds. I saw his Instagram post. I was like, that, that's so cute. It's so sweet. I love it. It's that. so sweet. You know what? Good for him. Again, 
he's driving like it's a race of his life and rightfully so as he should we also had alonzo and Vettel <gasps> having a little drag race towards the oh end my and it's God. honestly like such a shame that like they didn't get that on the camera because i was literally like staring at you know that left panel which shows you like the driver positions mm-hmm. and like how close they are to like one yeah. another and i was literally watching like Fettel and alonzo and the gap was like 0.001 and i was like hmm what's going on here and they literally just didn't even show it yeah that was absolutely and it's not like they were showing anything like super worthwhile at the time like you know like max had already like crossed the line like i think leclerc and checo had already like crossed the line at that Mm -hmm. point so i don't even know what they were showing i think uh, there was a lot of focus in the esteban um hamilton race oh yeah which was very good they showed that for so long and it was like bro like after two laps like i knew that man was not gonna pass him like we can move on esteban is doing so well i really feel like esteban is like the unsung hero of this season he's doing an absolute killer 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 job but did you manage to catch they're all over twitter the like fan footage of the um vettel and um fernando drag race yeah, of course. Otherwise, I wouldn't know what happened. Fucking amazing. Of course, I watched the footage. It wasn't on TV. There were so many, like, fan videos. There was someone who, I think I retweeted it. <laughs> the caption literally says, this video has better, like, is higher quality than my eyeballs. Because it is absolutely beautiful. If I didn't like it, then I definitely retweeted it on, um, at Race Week Recap on Twitter. It is so good. I mean, my eyeballs are pretty low quality. Like, <laughs> I'm nearsighted. Oh my god! But uh, yeah, it was actually. I mean, all in all, it was a pretty interesting race. Um, I don't mind a little bit of chaos. I just it took so long. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So during the Singapore and the Japanese GP, there was talk about a certain cost cap being like the budgets being counted and recounted by the FIA. See, I feel like I am so out of the loop on this because I was like not on Twitter much over the weekend. Okay. So pretty much, I guess, to my understanding, again, a very professional Formula One podcast, the FIA was reviewing budgets and was going to award the equivalent of like a participation award to the teams who stayed under the cost cap the budget cap and this was for 2021 yes yeah for 2021 um so a bunch of teams were under investigation um i mean all the teams were under investigation and two teams stuck out like a sore thumb aston martin and red bull racing Upon further investigation, it was determined that Aston Martin, like, they didn't, they actually didn't hit the budget. So, like, they hit the budget. So, like, they were, they were good. But Red Bull Racing did go over budget. By a small amount of $1.2 million. Yeah. Like, it was, it was actually, like, considerably a small amount for the grand scheme of things. But they stated, or they were expensing this money as catering, which absolutely blew up the internet <laughs> how <laughs> it's not red bull racing it's red bull catering no like absolutely there are so many amazing memes of like <laughs> of like this is why ferrari has such like low-cost catering and it's a photo of like charles and carlos with like the little chef's hat or there's a fo- there's like a video of yuki driving and he's like dancing back and forth and people are like oh yuki after raiding the red bull racing catering department and taking all of the food for his own restaurant like it's <laughs> so funny so goofy i love it so that's another great day on f1 twitter (laughs) but i feel like people were like getting like very like you know worked up about it because it's like that's kind of like a serious thing like mm, that's cheating yeah no (laughs) you know like they have budget caps for a reason it's like just because you have more money doesn't mean like I mean, more money up to, like, a certain point doesn't mean, like, you should just have, automatically have, like, the best car. Yeah. But I was, like, reading, like, the articles and shit, and apparently, like, if you're less than 5% over, then, like, you just get a fine, Mm -hmm. and you don't lose 
your first world driver championship in like seven years mm-hmm. yeah i i honestly don't know like i don't know what the penalties are like what happens? but um i guess we'll never know i think they're just gonna give them like a slap in the hand so people are speculating that that um Total Wolf knew that this was the case. And this is why, since Singapore, we have been seeing Mattia Bonotto coming in to, into the, um, Mercedes, like, facilities. Oh, they're scheming. Yeah. Like, come, like, it's crazy because you, <laughs> like, so come into the Mercedes facilities. Like, this is actually, like, fan spottings. They'll take a photo of, like, him going in and then they'll be like, and, like, an hour and 30 minutes later, he comes out. And it's like, oh, are the boys scheming? Are they up to no good? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I feel like it didn't work. Yeah. No, they're fine. Uh, it uh, is yeah. It is. They're not getting that, that championship taken away. There's no way in hell. Horner, not over his dead body. Absolutely not. Yeah. Is this going to feature and drive to survive? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. See, it's very, like, off track, though. You know, like... I feel like they don't do, like, a ton of things which are, like, I don't know, not really, like, relevant to the drivers, per se. Mm-hmm. Or, no. I mean, the Force India thing, right? <laughs> that was, like, a whole thing. You guys remember Force India? <laughs> How can I forget <laughs> Force India? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, we have to do, like, a Drive to Survive, like, rewatch. Oh, that'll be so fun. Oh, Absolutely absolutely apparently um the netflix crew has been spotted with the teams with some of the drivers recently so i just want to see max getting interviewed (laughs) to get that good good spicy contest oh god okay i think is that it that's it this has been an extra long episode yeah she's in a little chatty we had we had some stuff to say uh, yeah it's it feels good to be back i've missed this (laughs) greta where can people find us people can find us on spotify uh itunes uh, podcasts (laughs) can you tell we're rusty um google podcasts Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, mm, TikTok, <laughs> all under the <laughs> TikTok is in pre-release. It's a pre-release. One day, well, listen, we are busy people. Uh, all under Race Week Recap. Check us out everywhere. We are most active on Twitter. We love to talk with you all. Um, we tweet about. I mean, we tweet primarily about Formula One, but sometimes other stuff slides in. Like, for example, Taylor Swift's new new album coming out. I tweeted about it. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> Wait, it's coming out so soon, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, next week. Oh, my God. I wish it was dropping on the 13th. Why do I think it was dropping on the 13th? Because that's her favorite number. We're 13 days away. <laughs> oh. I say it's so matter of fact because I know. <laughs> got it. I got it. Got it. Anyway, stream our podcast <laughs> and stream Midnight's. <laughs> pre-ordered midnights listen to our podcast we will see you all next week with our um um, um, the american gp love which we unfortunately will not be attending oh really we won't be attending oh what you're surprised we're We're actually gonna watch this one live oh yeah so we're gonna watch this one live that'll be fun is this gonna be this is gonna be our first race watching it live We've never watched it together before, so that'll be fun. I don't think I've actually like actually watched a race live in so long since ever since I got F1 TV. Oh my gosh. Okay, no, yeah, we're going to a local bar um to go watch it. So it'll be a whole lot of fun. Alright, we will see you next week. Alright, bye. Bye everyone.